AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zone Media. Yo, I'm out and about right now. I got my daughter soul with me. Say what's up. Hi. Uh, but I wanted to do a quick little intro. This, if you don't know, is connected to the Behind the Bastards pod. We're doing like a four-part series on Robert E. Lee. Uh, just legendary, horrible human. Um, but part of that needed a primer where we talk about the lost cause narrative. So if you haven't listened to those other episodes from the Bastards feed, I mean, it's fine, I guess. But like this won't make sense too much unless you understand that that's what this is about. All right. So politics with prop. Bastards crossover episode, Hood Politics with Prop. Uh, and we talking about some of these like G moves, this gangster shit, you know what I'm saying? Robert and, and Sophie got into recently, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all willing to talk about it yet or we need to like play it low? Nah, now? we got to know how the company's going to want to play it. Okay, yeah, we got to play it low right now, but just know like these fools is... These fools, they getting certified over here on this side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. I don't know why I'm looking down when you're saying it. <laughs> like, you trying to, like, like some sort of plausible deniability? Like, can't nobody like, see us? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what are it, you, allegedly. What are you listen, listen. Yeah, now you guys got to start sounding like New York gangsters, how they be like, allegedly. Like, you yeah. have to say allegedly before everything now. We allegedly. And then I allegedly just... just just put allegedly before everything. Before everything. Uh, yeah, then it's not true. And we are allegedly going to continue this uh, this series here. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
First of all, uh, welcome to Hood Politics. This is one of those things like we did with like Cracktoberfest where, you know, most of the story, actually the the rest of the whole story was on the bo- the Bostards, was on the Bostards uh, podcast feed. And What accent are we doing today, Prop? The Bostards. You know, we're going to do the Bostards. We're going to do drill music, isn't it? Get the proper food, isn't it? Uh, no. So <laughs> we've been covering Robert E. Lee. Uh, and this is somewhat of a, like, let's call this like a primer. Like what are like the, like supplementary, like documents, like content to help you understand, like, that's not a prequel, right? This isn't like a prequel. It's like it's supplement, right? Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. Yeah. So obviously I don't need to introduce, uh, the, the, the queen Sophie Lichterman. I don't need to introduce Robert Evans. Y'all know who it is. You know what I'm saying? We could just dive right in. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the lost cause, which was something that, you know, continued to, like, it's one of those things that, like, as you're telling the story about the Civil War and Robert E. Lee, it's like, these things have to keep coming up. But, like, at some point, you got to step back and be like, well, but what is it, though? Because it plays such a, like, big role in the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're giving me Robert? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, uh, it's interesting. Like I, I kind of debated as I was putting together the episodes on Lee, like uh-huh. how much to go into the actual history of like yeah. the, the evolution of the lost cause mythology. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause it like, I, 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 I wound up just kind of going with the idea that, well, what I should probably do is just kind of cover how parts of his life have been covered in this and, yeah. and leave the rest uh, of the yeah, narrative to you, so I'm 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 excited for this um, so, in yeah, part yeah, because we, I didn't have to write it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So this is like yeah, hood politics reverse bastard type situation. So I'm gonna read the script, if you will. I don't really script like Robert does. Like that, I I don't know how you do it. Like I kind of bullet point. Um, yeah, but we finna get into it. But anyway, um, so what has continued on from? From the Civil War on to now, which is some stuff that like, and as we go through this, like I'm going to be going back and forth between like what was happening chronologically and how it affects us now and how we're still seeing sort of a lot of parallels. I think this was the first time when discussing uh, and I, I just racism in general and especially the American, you know, experience of it because it affects me so directly that this is the first time I've ever walked away and actually felt a bit of, I don't know, sympathy. Like I actually, like I felt bad for them. Like, I don't know how it's, I've never, interesting. it's, it's so interesting. Like I was on this crazy journey, you know what I'm saying? In, in, uh, in this. So basically I'm going to talk about like, what are the, the, the actual, like, you know, nuts and bolts of what is the lost cause? Um, how did it start? Right. Why did it continue? You know what I'm saying? Like, how come nobody, you know, stopped it in the beginning? How it looks, how it looks now. And really, I'm going to connect it to January 6th, believe it or not. Oh, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really fun. Back to another series we did together. True. The insurrections. Yeah. yeah. Ah. What I think is funny about the lost cause stuff is that uh you know as much of a failure as lee was in fighting for everything he tried to fight for in mm-hmm. life uh the lost cause actually like 
ironically, considering his basis in it, actually has been like up to this point very successful. It's the most successful so it, thing in so the, it, the whole story, it, 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 which is kind of like kind of disrespectful to Lee's actual legacy. You know, for real. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a phrase that came out of that that we could go to now, which is like the 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 Confederates lost the war, but they won the peace. Yeah. And um, and it and how they won the peace was this, you know, uh, this whole process. But I want to I want to start with a couple phrases, because a lot of this is really a lot of like psychology. It's a lot of this is like why I love history. You know what I'm saying? And why I love studying this shit and like why it's so interesting to me. One is the doc, you know, uh, my wife referred to her by her prefix, put me onto this term um, called epistemological rupture. Yeah. You heard that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, uh, an epistemological break. And it's like, it was coined um, in 1938 by a French philosopher and later used by, um, I'm not going to say this fool's name right, Louis, I don't know, I'm not going to say his name right. But anyway, right, so it's like, think of it like this, it's the unthought or unconscious structures that were imminent within the realm of sciences, such as the principles of division, like mind and body. The history of science, Blotchard asserted, that consisted of the formation of an establishment of epistemological obstacles that then the subsequent tearing down of those obstacles This latter stage is called an epistemological rupture, where an unconscious obstacle to scientific thought is thoroughly ruptured or broken away from. In other words, certain thoughts break your brain. Yeah. Right? And it's when you have- That's a relevant concept today. (laughs) Exactly. You see what I'm saying? That's why I was like, this is very, very much now. It's the idea of when you've established- a world of just, this is how the universe works, the laws of physics, you know, science and just like, but the evidence that's sitting in front of you, you just, your brain can't, it just does not compute, but you yeah. have to accept it because it's looking, it's looking at you. The, the, the fact that the, the truth of the matter, air quotes truth is staring at you in the face saying you have to let go of the way that you've formed reality, right? And yeah. and it's called an epistemological rupture because epistemology is like the study of, of yeah, the knowing study of what is true, what, yeah. what can be known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's what you know. So, you know, it's it's when you when you when you look at the sun and you from the ground and you're like, well, the sun revolves around the earth. And you're like, well, actually, no, it doesn't. And yeah. then you're like, but it looks like it does. You know, so then you say, well, what would it look like if it really did look like the earth was moving around the sun? Well, here's the thing. It would look like that because that's what it's doing. You know what I'm saying? You have to like it just it breaks your brain. You know what I mean? So like you have to like rebuild all of our maps. We have to reconstruct all of our understandings of the cosmos because the earth ain't in the center of it. That could break your brain. At the, it don't break our brains because it's like obvious, but like certain right. things break your brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But mm-hmm. once it's broken and you can reform reality, then we can move on and then you find another one. Like, in, in other words, it's learning. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this is learning, you know, that what you think something is, and then you learn out, uh, it's not, and you just gotta let it, let it happen. So, that 
keep that in mind as we talk about this. Now, lost cause. Let's really get into it. So, yeah. Robert, have you ever got your ass kicked? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, now you are, I can tell you're a fully developed human. You're man enough to accept it, right? Like if you lost, you lost. Yeah. That's just the way fighting goes. Sometimes, that's, sometimes you lose, <laughs> right? You, you know, you've, you've, you've been in romantic relationships. You've been in, yeah. and I'm I pretty my, sure. I've gotten my ass kicked in those more often. You've gotten your ass kicked in those fights. too. <laughs> Verbally, you know what I'm saying? Physically, yeah. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Sometimes, sometimes I'll, you I'll are take just. physical over that any day of the week. Exactly. Actually. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you're just wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're just wrong, rather than being like, well, I would have if this, but still you were saying it's like, to me, that's like a, a, a true sign of like, of immaturity, like that yeah. you're, you're not fully processed. You can't embrace a L. Yeah. That is like 80%, especially that's a problem for like our billionaire class. Like everything yes. that's going on right now with these guys, like Bill Ackman going yes. on these weird legal crusades because mm-hmm. like their nephew or niece said something they didn't like at dinner. Like, yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so stupid. Just, yeah, bro, just take your L. Right. Yeah. So, so the, before I get into there's, there's six major points of the lost cause. Like you have to understand again, why this was so important and who this was really for. And to do that, you have to understand the difference between history and memory, right? Mm -hmm. Because history is, you know, it's bullet points, it's things that, you know, timelines, things that happen on the map. But um, history can only be understood through storytelling, right? Like, um, so, but storytelling, whether we accept it or not, has a purpose and the purpose is shaping identity, right? And identity has so much more to do with memory, rather than history because oh, mem- for sure. yeah because memory is about the future yeah. story is about the future it's about the next generation you know what i'm saying because if we was there right there's a part of you that's like again i have to reconstruct the way i remember something because the idea of you just taking that l right is almost unthinkable right or when you when you when there's a part of you that knows for a fact you were wrong right yeah. but your brain just can't you just can't let it go, right? Sure. So I'm going to read this quote here from Thomas Mumford, right? Uh, who was a Confederate cavalry officer. And um, he says again, but memories about the next generation. They want their kids to understand that, they were, that we, we were good men. Mm-hmm. And here's the quote. When asked, why are the old Confederates gathering again? And what are they going to get out of it to our children and to their children's children. Let it be our pride to teach them as is done in every land where patriotism and self-sacrificing spirits are honored and esteemed that the Confederates shed their blood for their mother, Virginia, defending a cause she knew to be just and right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so it's like, I just don't want my kids to know I was a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't right? want my kids to to know that I failed, right? Yeah, I that failed. I failed in a thing I should never have been trying. <laughs> that you shouldn't have never been yeah. a part of in the first place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, this <laughs> one's going to sound real familiar. This is uh, George L. Christian, uh, Christian, who was 
a war vet, a Confederate war vet uh, who became a judge and then a city councilman, believe it or not, you know, 14th Amendment, anyone? Um, that the shrewd calculating, check this out, the shrewd calculating of the wealthy Northerners realized the importance to impress on the rising next generation the justice of their course. And to that end, they soon flooded our schools with the histories containing their version of the contest. And in many of these, all blame is laid on the South. Mm-hmm. So he was like, look, man, you're, you're just, you're just telling your side. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're telling your side of the story. You're going to act like it's like, oh, so it's my fault. It, it was our fault. It was our fault. Right. Yeah. So we need to make sure the schools don't have these stories. You know what I'm saying? So we need to correct your history books because again, it's about the future, right? Yeah. Um, and about telling a story that is formed in a way that you want to be remembered. So how do you do that? You rewrite history, right? The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Now, here we go. Uh, The lost cause. The lost cause itself can be kind of explained in six points, right? So the first point is, and it's the most important, right? Which is that secession had little or nothing to do with the institution of slavery. So if that's the case, then we did not commit treason it was about the state's rights which was something we talked about sure. in the robert e lee episode right yeah, because yeah. because what it, you have to believe that like the confederates for this to work is like that they're they were the true america 
that the union had lost its way. So yeah. if anything, they're <clears throat> the treasonous ones, right? Yeah. That's the lost cause, right? Uh, number two is that slavery was portrayed as a, basically as a net positive, right? Submissive, happy and faithful slaves were better off in the system of chattel slavery, which offered them protection. So like, sure. we, you know, but they kind of liked it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was better for everybody. It was right? better for our, everybody. our relations were better. Things got all confused and bad once we once they started having choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like they're fine, man. They're fine. Look at them. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, number three is that the states, the states that the Confederacy was only defeated because the northern states had a numerical advantage of both men and resources. Right. Number four, the Confederate soldiers were were portrayed as heroic, gallant, and saintly. Even after the surrender, they retained their honor, right? That that was an honor that well, we didn't get beat. Uh-huh. We did the right thing. We understood that like this bloodshed needed to stop. So it was the right thing to do for us to just like fall back. Yeah. But as we heard yeah. in the last four episodes, nah, y'all was getting y'all ass handed to me. Yeah, no, right? you, you, guys, you guys fucked up because you made really dumb choices it's just yeah. at the end of the day right i i also i do love that like yeah no nah, we, we only lost because they were better than us as opposed <laughs> to like yeah i i it, that is very funny to me like yeah. oh, if they hadn't if they hadn't been so much better than us we definitely would have won everybody always says that yeah <laughs> well if they if they just wasn't better fighters and more trained and had yeah. more resources <laughs> and more than we would have won <laughs> It's yeah. always funny to hear cope like that, especially in a post-Vietnam world, because it's like, what's y'all's excuse? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, what's, yeah right. what's y'all's excuse? <laughs> well, well, you were the ones that were, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, the, like we uh, talked about for the whole week, is that Robert E. Lee emerged as a sanctified figure, right? Especially after his death in 1870. And Lee himself became a symbol for the lost cause. And then there's yeah. this thing called the Cult of Lee, which revered the Virginia as the ultimate Christian soldier. Right. Who took up arms for his state, even was even called, which what he wanted to be the second Washington. Mm-hmm. Right. And then yeah. I six point six, I think, is to me is the most interesting. And it's it's the southern women. And the, and I think a lot of people don't realize the role that the women played in making this work. Right. Is that the Southern women also steadfastly supported their cause. They sacrificed their men. They sacrificed their boys and their resources more than their Northern counterparts. And they they it idealized this image of the Southern Belle. Right. This idealized, pure, saintly Southern woman who heroically feeding her her sons to to northern guns yes yes and and but the northern women they wasn't feeding their sons not like us Mm -hmm. we gave Mm -hmm. way more of our sons because we believed yeah right we believed so 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 you 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 get this this idea almost like the the gone with the wind woman you know what i'm saying which actually plays a role in lost cause too right oh yeah yeah so um I gotta. I'm gonna be like you, and I gotta. I got a picture. I'm gonna put into the chat here, um, because the role that art plays is actually big in its origins, right? So I'm pulling a lot from the um, the National Humanities Center at uh, the University of Virginia. Um, this this woman, uh, Caroline Janey, who you could take her classes. She was she's brilliant. She wrote a ton of books. She teaches a class every year in their graduates programs about you know this particular time in our history of lost cause, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
So I'm pulling a lot from that, but its origins, obviously they developed over time. Like we talked about before, uh, it started like well before the war was done. They started formulating, again, while you're getting your ass kicked, you got to start coming up with excuses for why. Yeah, you know when you're losing that bad, you really yeah. got to like plan ahead of time. Yeah, you, you got to sure. start planning ahead of time. So what I yeah. want to show you is this this painting, I'm going to put it in here, of, it's called the, um, screen, the Burial the of Latin. You, you could also share your screen, by the way. All right, cool. So let's do this one. So you see this photo right here? So this is yeah. the, uh, it's called the, um, again, the burial litany. Now it's very important because, so who it's supposed to be is, that's a fallen Confederate soldier right there. It's a, it looks like a, since this is an audio thing, it looks like a, like a, a Renaissance painting, if you will. Yeah, uh, yeah. And which is purposeful, right? Who, uh, who's the artist, you know? Uh, painting by William Dickinson. Okay. Okay. So the, the burial of Latane. This is a uh, by William Litney. No, not mm-hmm. William Litney. William Dickerson. Right. Is by William Dickerson. Um, really Billy like Dix. Huh? Billy Dix. Billy Dix. Right. Yeah. Renaissance style. It's it's the way that it's even set up. It's almost set up like it's like it looks like like a like a Renaissance painting of like of the disciples. Right. Like so. It's mm-hmm. like you have these very somber and sad uh looks like you know mother daughter sisters Sisters maybe yeah yeah, a priest like uh doing like the burial rites and then it's got uh the whole dig dug out without the coffin put in it yet so the coffin's still sitting there and you see the guy's sword and he's got his like he's got his thing over right coat or whatever maybe it's a saddle yeah yes now on the left is what must what has to be assumed to be his property, his slaves. Yeah. Who, or at least the families. Yeah. Or the families the of, yeah. yeah, that lived on the plantation who dug this hole for him. And they are, seem to be mourning him also. Oh, yeah. Right. With the exception of the dude who dug the grave who has this kind of like, <laughs> yeah. When do I get off? You know, like yeah, I'm yeah, fucking yeah. done here. Dude, Just kind of like leaning over his shovel, like, are y'all done? This fucking dead asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this triumphant um, return, this somber moment that the slaves actually wanted to participate in because they actually, they actually considered their owners family, right? Sure. And oh, what yeah. they're trying to say is, I'm gonna stop sharing here. What they're trying to say is this idea that again. They like they liked this system that they you know with all the other things that went on like the, the basically the vast majority of the slaves' experience was more like this where of course it got rough here and there but if you stayed in line your master treated you well and really black people enjoyed this mm-hmm. right um, and they fought for a cause to continue a way of life right so we were mourning the loss, black people were mourning the loss of the Confederates, just like everybody else in the South. Cause, mm-hmm. so this is a part of like the media blitz, right? So, so hundreds of pieces of art were starting to pop up around this time, around these things as bodies were getting shipped home, right? So, so, so this image like really solidifies the, the, like the, the origin story, the original seeds of what's going to grow into the lost cause myth. Right. Because it's not really a full myth just yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Now, by 1863, you know, like we said before, Lee was 
I mean, he's godlike, right? He's mm-hmm. he's venerated. He's, he's perfect. He never told a lie. Yada, yes, yada, yada. yes, completely venerated, right? In his farewell address, after they surrendered, right, you already seen him as this soldier who was brave and fought to the last man. And of course, but of course, like if you, if this is your general after Yadin already surrendered, nobody wants to hear like, well, guys, look, I ain't even want this job anyway. You know what I'm saying? I could have yeah. worked for the other team. This shit is stupid. I just wanted to like keep our land. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was, just, really, I was just doing it for a paycheck and boy, I was, howdy. I can't believe you guys <laughs> let me. I was bad at this shit. <laughs> yeah. I really shouldn't have done this. I just I, needed I done to check. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Like I just look, man, I was just trying to get the clout. Right. But you didn't want to say that. Right. So, but he's, but he had to say again, like we said, that first point, look, we were outnumbered. Right. And the death toll was too high. It just wasn't worth it to keep sending these people to bleed. And that's the, but that's not defeat. Right. Yeah. That's me being a good general. Yeah. Like we were not outnumbered. We were not rebels. We're the real patriots. Right. Which is all fine and dandy. You know, you guys can get together and swap war stories or whatever, right? But that's not going to make the cement settle. It, the cement doesn't settle until the ladies get involved, right? Um, and how the ladies get involved is this thing called the Ladies Memorial Association. Mm. So what they started doing, these proper Southern bells who were, and, and it's very important to understand this too, is like these were middle and upper class women. Right. Because, again, most white people was poor like everybody else. Like you ain't really own land. You was had to be like like that. This is why, you know, critical race theory and intersectionality is important because it's like everybody wasn't like that. You know what I'm saying? So these middle and upper, upper class women who could only have the life they had because of slavery, like they were leisure queens you know what i'm saying like what you guys would call like you know welfare queens or whatever like y'all don't ever work you just want money like that's what they were you had everybody else doing the work so they could sit on the porch and with their fans and drink their sweet tea because somebody else is doing the work you know what i'm saying yeah back in i mean one of the things i think is important to get across is that like in this period before you've got washing machines before you've got sewing machines yeah for people for most people for people who do not have uh entire families enslaved to work for them uh if you're like a mother or something just keeping your family in clothes is like a full-time job it's a full-time job sewing the knitting the repairing um you know in addition to everything else that you've got to do so like Mm -hmm. one of the things you have to look at from the perspective of these like southern women they are like fighting for their the human beings that act as their leisure saving devices exactly like that's a big that's really what's going on here yeah the principle of the the like they their argument which that's a great point because their argument is like listen dude we're we're apolitical we're just mourning our sons right we just want to we just want to give our sons a proper christian burial but like you said no their entire existence if slavery falls, we got to go back to the river to wash and clothes again. Mm-hmm. Like we got to pull this cotton out the ground. We got to pick this corn. We go back to doing all this work in the fields. So they're like, I kind of like, I kind of like just having like tea parties and, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like sitting in the cool of the day under the juniper trees. Like that's kind of nice. You know what I'm saying? So their whole, their whole social, just think, just, just think Hollywood, just rich kids, like their whole way of life is done. 
You know what I'm saying? If there's nobody working these fields. So obviously they have skin in the game. But what they started doing was, again, putting together this Ladies Memorial Association and they were starting to give proper burials. And the first one, the first Ladies Memorial Association appears to have organized in Westchester, Virginia by a woman named Mary Dunbar-Williams. She was a resident of the town and she was horrified by the lack of proper burials for the Confederate soldiers who had defend, defended their land. Now, as we said at the end of the Robert E. Lee episode, where like the way the way that, the way the Union was doing was like, we gonna bury our soldiers on y'all's land because fuck y'all. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, I don't give a shit where y'all guys are. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, this was a part of the disrespect was like, y'all don't even get, you don't get burials. Like, let the birds eat you. You shouldn't have done this shit anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of part of the story. And they're like, look, like it or not, that's still my son. Right? Now, in May of 19, or 1865, she visits her sister-in-law, Eleanor Williams Boyd, whom she recounted, this is crazy, a story of a farmer who had plowed up the bodies of two Confederate soldiers while just trying to prep their field for corn. Yeah. So yeah, you just, you just like, you got life got to go on. We still got to grow corn. And as you dig in the ground, it's like, Oh, there's a Confederate soldier, you know? And of course that would be shocking to anybody. Right. But like, Anyway, so these are the same women that were volunteering in the hospitals that were like they were a part of the war effort while at the same time it was very important that they were under they were they were to be understood as just grieving mothers. Yeah. You know, it's like we're not we just we just want to we just want to bury our babies, right? Yeah. Now, by the autumn of 1868, right, um there was like more than 20 associations organized in just Virginia. And again, I, now I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears again to the to the psychology of this because, like, m- like cemeteries monuments are for legacy, right? Yeah. It's for honor because, like I said before, like I was like I was joking about it, but like that's real. It's like you get a proper burial as a way to honor, right? Mm-hmm. For us to come and look at later, like to remember again because it's about memory. So so they. F- Felt it important to be like, well, we don't want our boys, they're saying this, we don't want our boys to have died in vain, even though yeah. they absolutely died in vain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a stupid, stupid war and a stupid attack owned by, uh, uh, carried out by a guy who did not really know what he was doing. Sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You don't want to admit that. <laughs> no, nobody wants to admit that. Right. But the reality is, like we said, every aspect of Southern life was was connected to slavery. Right. Yeah. All of it. You know, so if anything, they're just trying to preserve their parties. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Bean Dad, The Dress. 
30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, by by 1868, we're obviously fully into Reconstruction. Right. And uh, at the end of Reconstruction or at the beginning of Reconstruction, after everything was all the dust had settled, um, the the country had to declare martial law. Like, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, like, who's going to really agree to this shit? Right. You know what I'm saying? So you had to declare martial law. And Union soldiers, basically, they took the states and they broke them up into districts. Right. And Union um Union soldiers were in charge of making sure that the people behave properly, right? But so, so they wasn't la- like they wasn't letting Confederate soldiers gather. Like y'all couldn't party, y'all couldn't kick it. It's like nah, man, because like I don't want this shit to pop up again, right? So they weren't really free to do a lot of the stuff that they wanted to do, right? Now, um, Jubal Early, that's the boy's name, Jubal yeah. Early. You yeah, heard of Jubal yeah. Early? Yeah, yeah. He's a we we actually quoted him in the episodes on him talking about Lee. But yeah, he's a Confederate general and like an early lost yeah. cause proponent. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So so what he does after this is he starts the United Confederate Veterans Association. Yeah, right. So he starts. You know, we have veteran associations. So he starts one for the Confederates, right? And they got together and was like, well, in some senses. The North is telling everybody why we fought. Like, why do y'all get to say our motivations? Like, let us say why we fought. And like any vet would do, like we said, to keep your sanity, especially when you know you're on the wrong side of history, is you got to spin a story for yourself, mm-hmm. right, to not be a monster, right? Yeah. Um, because 
that process of de-radicalizing, I, I would imagine would be super painful. Like here's like here's a true story for me. Like there was a guy at my high school who was a couple years older than me that was like full on neo-Nazi boot tied skinhead, right? Yeah. Went to our school, right? He and him and his homies, like one of my friends got jumped. Like uh it was it by this like Nazi group, whatever, right? Awful. By the this would happen when I was a freshman. By the time I was a senior, you know, he had graduated. He had been gone for two years. He had gotten out of that world. Right. So he got mm. so he had gotten out and he was coming back to our school to kind of tell his story about like him coming out of and realizing a lot of the shit. And what it what it really reminded me of is like I find I find just learning people, knowing people being to be like, I just find people interesting. Like, I think, you know, some people are super funny. Like they have great stories. Like, so when I think about a lot of times when I think about like the deep South and stuff like that, like surely you went to your Pawpaw's house and he was a loving man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like, and you enjoyed your relationship with him. Maybe you had a really good biscuits and gravy, like, like um recipe, but because of this wall, right. That, and it and it sucks because I'm the wall because of the wall of your racism. I could never we could never experience that type of human connection with this person. And I remember when this kid came back to our school, I was like, this fool's like super funny, man. He could draw like he was like a super talented dude. And like I said, he was a couple grades older than me. And I was like, damn, man, like I was an AP art student. I was like, bro, you would have been in my art class like you're like. You're like a cool ass dude. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. And but this but this thing that for a long time he could not let go of. Kept us from ever having like a real relationship. And part of what he said before was he was like, bro, like. I, you know, he gave his reasons for like why he like got involved in all this good stuff. But like ultimately he said the whole time he in the back of his mind was just like. I don't know if I believe any of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I mean, I think like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know enough black people to hate them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he, he was really talking about like, I just, I'm not really sure this is me, but it is what it is. And then finally he said, part of the, part of the reasons he got out of that world was he was just like, I'm just missing out on so much fun, man. Like I have to keep lying to myself. Like he was like, I'm, I, I have to keep myself from just like for us, it was acknowledging. He was like, yo, he would see us, you know, listening to Wu-Tang and, you know, partying and dancing, you know what I'm saying? And like having a good time. And he was just like, damn, that looks fun. But my friends would kill me if I ever admitted that that was fun. You know what I'm saying? So he was just like, I, for a long time, I say all that to say like this, this, um, this thing that they were gathering together for, like for a long time, he would like, I'd have to keep staying in these gatherings because it was a way for me to create a sense of belonging and like to, to make me feel sane. Like I'm, I think this is crazy, but I'm gonna keep going here to tell myself that I'm not crazy. And then finally he was like, nah, this is some bullshit and, and got out, you know what I mean? And then enough, enough to be able to come back to the school. And I commend him, you know what I'm saying? For being, for willing to like separate himself from his whole social status. You know what I'm saying? His whole society, his whole community, because just to make a right decision like that, actually it takes a lot out of a person because you're not just pulling yourself from the ideology. You're pulling yourself from your community. Yeah. Well, that's, and and, you know, to reinforce that, that's why I have a lot more respect for the uh, 
the Southerners who stayed with the Union as opposed yeah. to the ones who fought for the Confederacy? Because one of those things just requires being willing to get shot, which a lot of shitty people are willing to get shot. Very yeah. few shitty people are willing to give up like their connections to the culture Absolutely. they were raised in when that yeah. culture does something evil. You know, yes, it's the same things as like, yeah, there were a lot of fucking Nazis who were willing to like go get machine gunned in the Eastern Front, but there weren't Mm -hmm. a lot of Nazis who were willing to actually stand up to Hitler. One of those things is respectable. The other just shows that you're you're not scared to die. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So so you got the Ladies Memorial Association Mm -hmm. and now you have the United Confederates Association, Confederate Veterans Association. But at this point, these are still people who lived through the situation, but it's still just like, oh, folks, right? Yeah. Like, so, but now a generation is starting to be born and to come into their own mind and they're going to start making their own decisions. They're going to start thinking about what their parents did. And again, because history is just us then, they're probably going to have the same logical conclusions most of us did to where it was just like, yeah, maybe y'all shouldn't have Oh no, pop. Like, I mean, I, I see you and your homies talking about, I hear what you're saying, but I sound like some bullshit to me. You know what I'm saying? So, so the next generation is where we got the first United Daughters of the Confederacy, which started in 1894, which mm-hmm. carried all the way to the mid 21st century, right? Or 20th century. Um, is it's the next generation. So now it's their job to actually solidify the Southern version of what happened. So now we're having what we could possibly actually be collectively called the not, the lost cause, right? And what they were the ones that did was started building all the cemeteries and the monuments, right? So, uh, the mon- but the first monuments, what I think a lot of people don't realize are out there are monuments to the faithful slave. And there's one in uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina in 1896. Now, remember um, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. I remember that. The one drop mm-hmm. will do you, right? Um, this is happening around the same time, right? That that they're starting to establish these ideas of the faithful slave, where they're they're building monuments, not just to their fallen soldiers, but to... The good colors, right? Which I, at this point, feel like I, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around that. Like I, 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 I honestly can't wrap my mind around it. Now, the uh, Plessy versus Ferguson. Why this is important is because this is what establishes separate but equal. And real quick story: down south in New Orleans, in Louisiana, you have, you know, the Creole, you have the French, you have black. So now you have a lot of like actually rather wealthy black people, right? Um, Who are half French Canadian. So they're, they're rather fair skinned. So what Plessy was, was a very light skinned black man and who could now afford a ticket to get on the train. Right. Yeah. So he gets on the train. And again, since the trains were separated by color and class. Right. uh, They had this idea of like, well, let's send this light skinned dude who you can't really tell you black or not. You know what I'm saying? Send him in there and he sits in and he sits in the white person's the white people's like train cart. And they're like um, and then while he gets there, it's a whole political stunt that they're doing. They go. He asked the the train guy like, hey, you think I should sit here? And the dude's like, yeah, why not? He goes, I'm actually in the wrong train because I'm black. 
right? Uh-huh. And the dude's like, well, I, what do I do? So they're trying to say that like, you're, this is absurd, right? That like, you don't know what black means. Like you guys don't know what it means. These laws that you're setting up, because again, this is reconstruction. You don't know what it means. All this is ghastly. Slavery's done. Can we please move on? And I'm showing you how stupid your thing is. At the same time, there are this movement in the South where people are like, there used to be a time that black people knew their place, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to build monuments to that, right? Which is all part of this, this media narrative where we're looking at the same thing, but we're telling two different stories, right? So, so, and it's the daughters of the Confederacy that's like starting to make all this shit happen, right? Um, and then, and then this kicks off the, the full media blitz, right? There's a Lee monument that pops up in May of 1890. Uh, Then there's a thing called the Confederates magazine in 1893. And I'm still like, I still can't stress enough. Like you lost, like y'all, you're the losing, (laughs) you're the losing team. And again, this is goes back to that thing we were saying before. It's because the union won the war but the Confederates won the peace. And this is how yeah. they're winning the peace. They kept the story going, right? Mm-hmm. You, If you keep the story going, which again, brings us to now, like how are we, how are we literally watching, we're watching a Supreme Court decide if President Trump was actually a, a part of the insurrection or not. Yeah. Like, because he kept his story alive. If you keep his, if he keeps the narrative alive, it skews reality to a way to where we actually have to engage in something that clearly we're looking at. The idea of saying that like no person with can hold office who took an oath, who, you know, engaged in insurrection. And now you actually arguing if the president is an office. And I'm like, I, you're, this is how you win the peace. You keep the yeah. story the way you want it to go, right? So they had a yeah. magazine. What's up? He's he's just doing revisionist history. Well, he's yes. he's do it's wordsmithing. Also like, he's wordsmithing. It, yeah. It's this constant thing that like centrists and liberals never get, which is that the the fight isn't just over because you beat them once. Like if they're willing to keep fighting and you yes. decide, oh, I want to keep, I want to get on with my life. I don't want to keep like rehashing this shit let's just ignore them um yes then like they 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 can turn a loss into a win like it's what keeps happening with these people and it's Mm -hmm. purely the result of not being willing to continue throwing down like you have to actually break the sons of bitches yeah i mean for me i have this like constant flashback to what happened when they when they announced biden won the 2020 election yeah and i and i used to live in west hollywood Mm -hmm. and People were cheering in the streets. John Legend and Chrissy Teigen were in there. Like, bro, I saw this. Yes. We're in their car through the moonroof. They're waving like they are (laughs) uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Like they had just done it. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, that was cool that 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 I mean, cool. I mean, it's great that Trump didn't get reelected that time. Yeah, exactly. That 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 was great. Mm -hmm. But like. Mm That wasn't even like we're not. That was that was barely even step one. Yeah, that wasn't even step one. Yeah, yeah. You gave up. You just you won, and that's it, right? You're thinking that yeah, you're not paying attention to like how the storytelling 
needs to continue yeah. to happen, right? So, and that's what they started doing. They were selling magazines. You, dude, that and and in this magazine was the first movie advertisement for the first movie, Birth of a Nation, right? Shut so you, the fuck they were up. printing awesome. magazines and they was doing this. So look, we got magazines. Bro. Now we got movies, right? And yeah. if you know Birth of a Nation, right? Obviously, yes. that's that introduced the world to the Klan, right? You could buy merch. You could buy like Stop. old Confederate like like uh, uniforms, <laughs> right? They promoted lynching events, like in in. So like it's like yo, come on Sunday after church, we finna hang somebody. You feel me? Bring bring some potatoes, you know. So like you would you. You're, 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 it's essentially, it's their version of Twitter, right? It's their version of social yeah. media. Like we, when you control the media, you make it seem a little more fun. Cause it's like, oh, you know, I just bought a little uniform for my kids. You know what I'm saying? Nah, it's just about Virginia. You know what I'm saying? He's just honoring his grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so yeah, you could, they were going to see movies, right? You could buy merch, right? And yeah, and this magazine like started in 1893, like it continued four decades. Right, they continue Dude. to sell this magazine. Right, um, awesome. They would have like essay contests and quizzes. Right, they would now. This should also make make uh, sound familiar to you too. They would make sure that schools had the correct version of history. And how would they do that? They would join the school boards. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah. always the path to victory. Yeah, always. Yup. So they, you know, it's these magazines, these essay contests, like on some like Highlights magazine. You remember Highlights magazine? You know what I'm saying? Like all these different things that, that again, because it's about the kids. It's about getting them involved. And then you make sure that your kids at their school got the correct version of history, right? Yeah. Which is a, a tried and true way to do. Now- the question one would ask, which we'll cover the next time, which we'll cover in the next episode is how the hell did this shit stick? Right. Yeah. Um, because you're like, if you're the union and you won, like, why are you not? Why are you not pushing back? Like, why are you not every time? Which, again, is something that we could ask ourselves in these days. Like, why? Like. How 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 is a man with ninety one felony charges like why did y'all not shut this down you know what i'm saying like we talked about at the end of the uh the fourth episode with robert e lee where where it was like yo we actually should have executed these niggas you know what i'm saying like had we have executed them right maybe that would have been a thing right but the but you're i just it's hard to understand how they didn't shut it down and the fact is they actually tried to Mm. they really did try you know mm. and in the in in this next episode we're going to talk about how they tried and why it didn't work yeah yeah so all right i, I yeah i actually thought this was going to be one episode my bad <laughs> anyway it's cool it's cool zone media it's never just one episode it's never just one episode <laughs> it's never just one all right so behind right. the bastards tell them where to find them yeah, fi- check us out on Behind the Bastards. Listen to the episodes about Bobby Lee uh, yes. and about uh, how the Lost Cause mythology specifically talked about his life. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, go to hell. I love you. Hood <laughs> politics with pride. All right.
right now, don't you hit stop on this pod. You better listen to these credits. I need you to finish this thing so I can get the download numbers, okay? So don't stop it yet. But listen, this was recorded in East Los Boyle Heights by your boy Propaganda. Tap in with me at prophiphop.com. If you're in the cold brew coffee, we got Terraform Cold Brew. You can go there.com and uh, use promo code HOOD, get 20% off, get yourself some coffee. This was mixed, edited, and mastered by your boy Matt Osowski, killing the beat softly. Check out his website, mattosowski.com. I'm going to spell it for you because I know. M-A-T-T-O-S-O-W-S-K-I.com. MattOwsowski.com. He got more music and stuff like that on there, so go and check out the heat. Hood Politics is a member of Cool Zone Media, executive produced by Sophie Lichterman, part of the iHeartMedia Podcast Network. Your theme music and scoring is also by the one and only Matt Osowski, still killing the beat softly. So listen, don't let nobody lie to you. If you understand urban living, you understand politics. These people is not smarter than you. We'll see y'all next week. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.